0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Sam's Report. Today is July 21st. Uh, Almost, hmm, yeah, uh, things are almost done here for the month of July, and we're getting close to Microsoft wrapping up Redstone 3 primary development. Uh, We have earnings to talk about. We've got uh, Microsoft made a couple odd things this week. And, you know, we're also entering a lot of the quiet season as well. And what I mean by quiet season is just people are taking vacations and just checking out. They, get, they earn their uh, annual bonus and they are happy and they're celebrating by infusing cash into tropical resorts and potentially expensive cars. And so, let's, uh, let's dive in, shall we? So Microsoft, uh, late yesterday, approximately 4.15pm Eastern Time is when they always do it. Uh, Microsoft released its earnings, and it was another good quarter for Microsoft. Actually, it was a very good quarter overall. Uh, let's see. So they had net income, which is uh, how much money they actually made after all expenses. They made $6.5 billion on $23.3 billion of revenue. As always, those are gap numbers. Um, I don't like to talk about non-gap numbers. With a diluted earnings per share of $0.83 cents and an operating income of $5.3 And so... One of the interesting things that came out of this is that Microsoft was actually finally able to recognize some um, tax savings uh, from all of its Nokia stuff, and they actually were able to get a $1.8 billion tax gain write-down for its Nokia assets. What that really means is they were able to inflate some numbers, and by writing off some of the Nokia stuff, they are making more money. Um, so, you know, whatever. A uh, couple of quick highlights. Windows OEM revenue increased 1%. That's A 1% increase is, is flat. Y- you can't dive too much into that uh surface revenue did decline two percent now somebody incorrectly wrote this up and said that it negatively impacted microsoft's overall revenue that is not correct uh, it's two it's down two percent from a the same time period from a year ago and now if you're sitting here thinking say hey, you know what they came out with the pro and they also came out with the surface laptop and why didn't that boost sales well here's the thing those products came out in late june uh there was 15 days so it's a really immaterial amount of time or potential sales we already knew that the backlog was a little bit tight uh i i would not read into that in a slice actually in fact uh back to school season is kicking off right about now which is why those devices needed to be on the market in mid-june and so i actually think that we're going to see probably a nice little bump here. If we don't see a bump next quarter, I will be surprised. I would have fully expect that Microsoft was preparing the channel and everything else for the back-to-school season, which is kicking off now and will run for about another four to five, maybe six weeks or so, uh, depending on where you are in the world. And I would fully expect that would be the time that the Surface sales are going to jump. And if next quarter they are off, that would be that would be that wouldn't be such a good sign, now would it? Uh, other kind of interesting note, search advertising revenue, excluding traffic acquisition costs, increased 10%, so that's good, I guess, for Bing. Uh, Office 365 consumer... Subscribers increased to 27 million. Fun tidbit Microsoft announced during their earnings call is that Office 365 revenue has finally, uh, and for the first time, surpassed that of traditional Office sales. That is a major milestone because that means that they're now bringing in more money from software as a service than the traditional sales of Office, which means that those customers are now moving. Uh, but it also kind of means that Microsoft is reaching not a tipping point, but a, a secu- they will eventually hit saturation where these, that base of people that can go to Office 365, uh, Enterprise, and all that good stuff, will eventually reach 100%, or, uh, well, maybe not ever 100%, but 90%, I think, is reasonable, and that means that growth is going to become more difficult uh, year over year, so uh, always, that's a good problem to have, though, for Microsoft, Uh, gaming gaming revenue increased 3%, uh, they said, on the strength of Xbox software, and was set off a little bit by lower sales of hardware, Uh, revenue that is I think the hardware revenue mostly because they've been running some crazy deals where you can buy an Xbox console and get like three four games and that kind of stuff Um, speaking of gaming stuff this has been a little bit disheartening so I I play Xbox quite a bit and my elite controller you can see it there no the rubber grip the rubber grip is starting to go Uh, it's gonna you can see it there a little bit on the front as well Um, this makes me really sad Especially because I know at one point Microsoft was working on an Xbox Elite Controller too, where I believe uh, the triggers up here could be replaced. I think that was one of the things and possibly even the bumpers. I'm not fully sure on the bumpers, but I'm pretty sure on the triggers. And so, I, I'm in this... Right now, it's it's usable and I've been playing Destiny with it. I'm, I'm thinking I can like maybe glue this back in because um, it does lay down okay. <laughs> but I don't know... If, can see, it. like, I could probably peel this whole thing off. Like, you can't if I could turn this thing the right way, not be dumb. Um, everyone on audio thing is probably wondering what I'm talking about, but you can see here too a little bit. It's look at those bright lights, it's a little squishy up there. Um, yeah, so that's uh, that that is making me sad, sad panda on the gaming stuff. Uh, cloud run rate, which is what Microsoft talks about when they say, okay, the cloud service revenue. On an annualized basis, run rate basically means on an annualized basis, I'm pretty sure that. Uh, They publicly said that by fiscal year 2018, which is one year from today, and they said this I believe back in 2015, that they would hit... 20 billion dollars in annual run rate. So, during fiscal year 17, during Q1 it was 13 billion, during Q2 it was 14 billion, during Q3 it was 15.2 and last quarter it was 18.9 billion. So, Microsoft is well on track to hit 20 billion and I there's a possibility they might hit it next quarter, but I'm pretty sure they might hit it before the end of the calendar year this year. So, um, you know, some people will say that number is meaningless, and to some, to some extent, I do agree. What it really kind of does at the end of the day is just shows us that, hey, Microsoft Cloud is growing, and that's what's important to investors, and that they're going to hit their, essentially, that they're going to hit their internal metrics that they set for this platform that they have created. And so... There you go. That's the kind of rundown of stuff in a nutshell. Nothing too crazy. Nothing. Nothing like jumping out and saying, "Oh my God!" There's like set fire to everything. Uh, fun fact, by the way, during fiscal year twenty seventeen, which is uh, their fiscal year for two thousand seventeen, Microsoft brought in ninety billion dollars in revenue. Ninety billion. Ninety. I didn't. I didn't look up the net income, but we know it's roughly five billion a quarter. So roughly twenty billion in net income that's a lot of money and Microsoft is definitely not doomed, uh, as people like to point out like Microsoft is doing terrible. Now granted, could they be doing better? Absolutely. Like if they would be nailing phone hardware, they they could have been at 95 billion or even a hundred billion. Um, could they have done better in other aspects? Absolutely. But to say that the the write Microsoft off and say that, you know, they're a legacy company or something like that. I think it's a little a little early um at this point, considering how much money they're making and, and the fact that they're still growing revenue in new segments, especially Azure. So a lot of the comparables point to like IBM, who brought in, I want to say nineteen billion in its last quarter, but they have been on revenue decline, I think, for five straight years, roughly. I think. Something like that. Uh yeah. So Or was it five straight quarters? (laughs) Slight difference there. Uh, But anyways, anyways, that's that stuff. Um, Other fun things announced this week, because I know that's what everybody wants to talk about. Microsoft released the first SQL Server 2017 release candidate. This is actually pretty good stuff, because this, I believe, SQL Server 2017, Microsoft is saying it includes AI. Uh, Yeah, anyway, so they're past the technical preview, and they're now a release candidate. They're still saying, I believe, late summer for that, and the fact that they hit the first release candidate, they typically have, I want to say, three or four of these, and then they will pop it out the door, which means that we are here really soon. I can't imagine that they would hold off that announcement until Ignite, but in theory that's possible because that comes in late September, so we're only about two-ish months away. But uh, I guess that is possible. Uh, Other things, Skype for Linux beta gets group video calling, and yada, yada, yada. Uh, Okay, so a couple big things this week other than the... um, other than, other than the earnings stuff, which don't get me wrong is massive because that means that Microsoft gets to eat another day. So this Clover Trail crap that has been going on. Rewind the clock, 72 hours ago, and Microsoft was. It was rumored and kind of said in some forums and never really talked about publicly. that Microsoft wasn't going to support Clover Trail. And then all of a sudden it comes out, yeah, Microsoft really isn't supporting Clover Trail, but yeah, but they are kind of supporting Clover Trail. And so what is, what's the deal here? So if you have a Clover Trail CPU, which came out oh, yeah, like the, the launch of like Windows 8.1 or eight, something like that, they're, they're old, they're Atom. they're slow. They are probably not used by many people, if at all. And if they are using a Clover Trail CPU, they probably have no idea. And they're very much likely still on Windows 8 unless they jumped up, um, but anyways, at the end of the day, these Clover Trail processors could run Windows 10, and some of them were apparently updated to Windows 10, and they would run anniversary update. The problem is these Clover Trail CPUs do not support creator's update because I believe it's, I want to say it's WDDM 2.0 is not supported. Don't quote me on that, but I think that was the, one of the underlying issues. But you cannot install it. Windows 10 will actually block it. Uh, if you look at the known issues that people discovered, it was like things like icons don't work, uh, fuzzy text, like it, it's not going to work. Went to Microsoft because I'm trying to understand what's going on. Microsoft said, okay, here is what's going on. Uh, Intel is no longer releasing updates for this stuff. And so Microsoft is kind of at this point, it's like, okay, we, we need to block this hardware because it's no longer compatible. Well, if you're running Windows 10, you're supposed to be able to update and blah, blah, blah. And you're supposed to be secure and stable for all that stuff. Here's what's happening in a nutshell. Microsoft is no longer providing feature updates to anybody running Windows 10 on a Clover Trail CPU. There are no more feature updates. If you're on an anniversary update, you're stuck. But Microsoft is going to continue to give servicing updates for security. So if you're on an anniversary update product for Clover, Tra- Clover Trail, you will remain safe and secure. You're not gonna get acrylic, you're not getting anything coming in Redstone 3 or ever going forward. Now, that's okay. That's that's the end of that. Fine, move on. No, just kidding. You can't because this creates a really interesting issue. Windows 10, Microsoft keeps saying, is going to last forever, right? It's the last version of Windows. They're just going to do updates every six months, and that's it. Which means that there really is no end of life cycle. What the end of life cycle support is are these six months. Uh, every six months, they're going to re- you know release a product that's going to last for eighteen months, and what happens when a mainstream cpu comes along and doesn't support one of these updates much like we're seeing with clover trail and the creators update it's creating a real messy situation where microsoft is going to keep pushing forward with windows 10 intel or granted could be nvidia it could be amd it could be uh, anybody it could be qualcomm it could be some sort of chip on there from the wi-fi stack that doesn't support the latest and greatest features in the windows 10 update and that that device, no matter what it is, is now stuck on an update. And what's Microsoft going to do? Every time this happens, they're going to have to release security updates for that particular hardware uh, perpetually, according to what they're doing with Clover Trail, while not getting feature updates. It's just going to create a, this gigantic mess of security updates, but not getting feature updates. And people hold on to hardware for a long time. I, I hear all the time from people who are still running Surface Pro 1s and Surface Pro 2s, and they're going to get stuck and they're going to get feature or patches, but they're not going to get features. And then they might be confused. It, it's this is a really messy situation, and Microsoft's got to figure out a more elegant solution. Because I, I fully agree that Clover Trail issue is not that big of a deal because the population is so tiny. But what happens when this happens with say a Broadwell chip, um, an Ivy Trail chip? Uh, what, what happens when these more popular platform Ivy Trail? I don't think that's Ivy Trail. Ivy Bridge. Something like, I can't keep all my Intel codenames correct, or Skylake. What happens when one of these mainstream chips that is on millions of machines eventually reaches this sort of point because it will happen. This is not this is not going to be a one off situation. I'm convinced of that. I don't know when the next iteration is going to crop up, but it will happen. And then Microsoft is going to be again stuck in this awkward position. But at the same time, it's also sort of genius on Microsoft's part, right? They've been stuck with things like Windows 7 where they have to support it for forever, Uh, not forever, but you know, a long period of time. Same with Vista, same with XP. And it's all, the burden's always been on Microsoft to make sure their product runs. And now that they're releasing new updates and features, they're shifting that burden to the hardware vendor. And the hardware vendor doesn't care. They're like, "Oh, you know what? Your five-year-old silicon um, doesn't work anymore. We don't care. Go buy some new one. Uh, that's not our problem. You know, we supported it for our lifecycle, even though your software will still wants to run on it." And blah blah blah. It, it's Microsoft's doing a little juggling of of who's to blame when your software doesn't work. Uh, it's getting, it's going to get messy. I I think it's going to be what's going to happen here. You know, we're going to look back in five years and hopefully Microsoft figures out a more elegant solution, but, uh, yeah. Anyways, that's, what's kind of going on. This is one of those things. Somebody wrote in and says, Hey, you know what? I have an older I seven chip. It's like a 3000 series. You know, when is this going to break or not work? I have no idea. These are very valid and legitimate questions like i have a Skylake cpu in here and i don't think microsoft's going to end support for that anytime soon uh or intel for that matter but i could see this machine lasting a very long time and i don't want to get into that position where it's like okay this thing's six years old uh now i gotta buy a whole new machine um so yeah yeah, Joshua actually in the comments points out. He says the blame will still come to Microsoft. People won't care that the vendors aren't supporting it, and I I do somewhat agree. Perfect example of this is the malware that has hit recently that has impacted hospitals and all that. It's the hospitals' fault because they've had um they've had decades to update and they never did. But Microsoft still gets the blame. This is this Windows 10 servicing stuff. It's you know. Interesting and different, and Microsoft's gonna got a lot of learning things. Some of it, I think, they're shooting from the hip trying to figure this out as they go along. Maybe they, I don't, they had to have foreseen this happening, but you know what, here we are. And so, kumbaya, uh, that is what's going on. The best thing I can say is just hold on to your hard hats. This story is not over, and we will likely be learning more as we go along. So, interesting stuff. Other things that happened this week. Uh, Microsoft and Johnson Controls teamed up to build a thermostat. Actually, I think I've got the video. If I did everything right here, which is probably not right, uh, <clears throat> you can take a quick look here. Not going to make a lot of sense if you're not on the video. But so we can we can see this thing here, and it's basically a wall-mounted piece of glass. And I, I do not disagree. This thing looks gorgeous. I think it looks great personally. But um, I got a lot of questions about this thing. First off, it's going to run Cortana. It's also running Azure IoT. Um, and that's really about all we know. We don't know a price point. We don't know when it's coming. Um, although I thought I did read someone saying it is going to come before the end of the year. So maybe it's going to launch alongside the Invoke, which you know we have heard about for eight months now. But this thing looks neat. I, I, I'm intrigued by it. I'm also a little concerned by it. That it's going to cost a whole lot of money i mean you can see this demo it looks very well polished and very well put together although we've seen time and time again of microsoft putting renderings and demos together that work much better than the product but um yeah so that thing looks neat i i want to try it i i i I might be willing to put it in my house. I mean, this is one of those things that if Microsoft screws up the software uh, and like your furnace is running for five hours with the air conditioning on, that would be a little dicey. I, I honestly might try this thing in my house if Microsoft will send me one. I suspect it's going to be very expensive considering when it looks amazing. Um, two, it'll be new. Uh, I, I do wonder how the Cortana stuff is going to work. Like, is it truly going to tie into Cortana like the Cortana we know on our desktop? I hope so. Uh, the other thing comes up, like, what happens if you have an Invoke in your house and then you have two Cortana devices and you say, hey, Cortana, turn up the volume and then your thermostat hears that and it hears turn up the AC and um, how, how is that stuff all going to work? And so I'd love to know the hardware that was inside that machine because that thermostat, because, I mean, it looks like a relatively slick UI and, uh, like, you know, Something has to power that. I mean, is it like a, a low-power system on a chip? Like, is a couple gigs of RAM in there? I, we don't know. These things are the are the stuff that we are looking to find out. And if you have any information on it, I'd actually I'd be, I'd be curious. But it looks gorgeous. Microsoft and Johnson Controls did a good job. Let's see if it sells, and let's see if it arrives on time. So, there's that. Uh, the other interesting thing that Microsoft screwed up this week... I shouldn't say other thing that's screwed up. They've had a, a mixed week. Really good earnings. Um, Clover trail stuff is weird. Thermostat stuff is good. Uh, creators naming update. So this, is <laughs> this has been all over. I'm sure everybody's heard this by now. I'll keep it short and sweet. Microsoft decided to call this thing the fall creators update uh, British sites along with like the Australian site was the one that I checked said, you know what? We don't really call it here fall here. We're going to call it the autumn update. So they updated their sites and say, Hey, it's the autumn update. Microsoft then came out later and said, uh, you know what? Actually, it's going to be called fall creators update everywhere around the globe. We're not going to localize the, um, the naming of it. Great. Unless you live in the Southern hemisphere, if you live in Australia, when this thing comes out in the fall, it's actually going to be the spring. So in the spring, in the Australian spring, you're going to install the Fall Creators Update. It's going to sound like it's six months old. Microsoft is just kind of snow plowing through this. They don't really care at this point. It does lead to the question that I somebody did tip me out, tip me at one point, was never able to actually verify that the Fall Creators Update name was switched relatively last second, and maybe that's why this is so awkward. I wish Microsoft would just do away with these stupid namings because it, they get into issues like this. that could be completely avoided by just calling it 16 or whatever, 1709. Um, but yeah so fall creators update snafu whatever Uh, other things happening in the world of Microsoft Microsoft is adding full version history control to OneDrive. Microsoft said it will be adding uh, a full version control for and not just for office documents I think that's the key here Uh, other things this is uh, this is the other oddity so Microsoft is bringing to high-end surface laptops they'll have the color option soon so If you want a Core i7 in burgundy or cobalt, you'll soon, although somebody said it might not be as soon as we hope, uh, be able to buy that option, which is really odd that they would do it so close. So we're roughly four weeks after the device launched, um, which is one thing, but here's why I think this is odd. If Microsoft knew they were gonna do this, they should have been upfront about it because there were people who probably bought, actually, I know there were people who bought the i7 models and they had to get it in silver or whatever gold color thing it is, it's platinum. And they wanted the burgundy, but they didn't have that option, but they wanted the higher performance. So they bought that model. I guarantee if they would have known a burgundy model was coming later, they would have waited and bought it. And so now these people have this new device, but they can't, they didn't get the color they want. And I don't know. It just felt like hey, if they were going to do, knew they were going to do this, and I feel like they had to have known this up front, they should have announced it. And so, last thing that nobody, absolutely nobody cares about Office Mobile goes fluent on Windows 10 Insider Preview. Ooh, little frog. Right there. Wow. Got a little got a little horse there. So uh let's dive into the questions because there are some really, really interesting ones this week. Uh oh, Jax Jaxidian. He asks, he says, how's your mesh Wi-Fi going? Uh great. Using well, I'm not on Wi-Fi right now. I will likely have a full write-up next week. Yeah, I think I, I think I'll have time to do it this weekend and really dive in. But it's it's good. It's improved speed, no drops. Um, it, you know, at the end of the day, your Wi-Fi either works or doesn't, and now it works just a little bit faster. Uh, that's that's kind of the crux of it. Cylon Cat asks a very good question. I actually looked this up. He says, "How does Azure growth and revenue compare to AWS?" So. This is a million-dollar-loaded question because it's very, very hard to compare these two by design. Microsoft lumps everything into this, like, cloud stuff where they talk about run rates of $20 billion. And AWS doesn't do any of that stuff. And uh, it's a little hard to compare them apples to apples, which is unfortunate. But I can tell you this, that... I don't think Amazon has reported their earnings yet for this quarter, so I was able to find last quarter's, which on April twenty seventh, AWS contributed three point seven billion in revenue, which was a forty three percent increase. microsoft's Azure is growing around ninety percent, but we don't know. It's very hard because Microsoft has so many things lumped into their cloud, like office some office subscription stuff. Um, We do know that AWS is larger as a pure cloud infrastructure revenue-based service than Microsoft uh this has been pointed out time and time again and I fully believe it Microsoft unfortunately doesn't distill enough to compare apples to apples by design because they don't want to say hey look uh Amazon's doing two billion two billion dollars more in revenue per quarter than us So they they mix it in with all their other crap. But AWS is still growing pretty well. you got to remember, on a percentage basis, the larger your percentage base, the larger your base is, the harder it is to grow on a percentage basis. So, while Microsoft is growing at 97 to 110% every quarter, and Amazon last quarter grew at 43%, if Amazon is $2 billion larger than AWS, or Azure on a quarterly basis, it's a much smaller percentage-wise. But, you know that's all good uh the thing is aws and azure are both extremely healthy right now so uh any news about the surface pen colors uh yeah so i wrote this up actually on throt so the microsoft i asked them specifically because i've gotten this question a couple times the surface pen colors are not coming until later this summer i don't really have any other more information on it but they were not going to be launching any like I don't know. They just keep saying later this summer, so it's sometime mid August, I guess, maybe late August. We'll have to keep your eyes and ears open for that. And so the Surface Pro bleed issue, if you're not familiar with that, uh, Surface Pro right back here. Whoops, pen just flew off. And so what people are talking about, like, you won't be able to see it here, is, uh, well, if you, well, it's not going to show because of the bright lights there. But along this bezel down here, people are saying that they have uh, black light bleeding. So I'm trying to get it in between the lights there, along this base, and sometimes around the edges that there's uh, black light bleeding behind from the display. So yeah, here's the deal: every laptop I've ever had has black light bleeding. Every Surface Pro I've had has black backlight bleeding as well. I don't know that my this machine right here does not have it to any extent that I'm concerned that it's some sort of manufacturing defect. I I don't know. I, I got to see what Microsoft is going to say or do about this if they're actually replacing these things. But um, as it stands right now, if you have an issue and that you're really concerned about it, take it back to the Microsoft store if that's an option for you. Microsoft has a very generous swap policy on these types of things and they can definitely help you out that's really about all that I can say. I don't know extensively too much more about it. Uh, JL, and that last question came from Merlin. Uh, JLV632 says, Hi Brad, about the time of the Surface Pro 2, did I have a dream that Microsoft was going to release a DJ Mixer... No, you're not. A DJ Mixer Touch Cover? I'm sure... Yeah. Uh, so here we go. Microsoft announced these like custom type covers. I w- Maybe they did release it. I got to look into this. Um, I know it existed... At one point, but I don't know if it was ever available for purchase, but it was basically a surface uh, touch cover. Remember, there used to be type and touch, and the touch was like a virtual, not a virtual, but it was just a flat keyboard. It was was honestly terrible. It it was like one of those things, good an idea, but it really hurts your fingers to type on. And so they they announced that they were going to allow like these custom cover designs, and somebody created like a DJ one, and it it looked like it worked. I want to say it did come out. Uh, I need to look into this. It's been so long. The only reason i'm hesitating to say it it never made me i know it never made broad appeal but i want to say i know somebody who got their hands on one at one point so it did exist but yeah the the bigger question is is why isn't microsoft open not open sourcing but licensing out the surface type cover port they they said this at like the very beginning yeah we're gonna work with third parties like i would love to see a logitech type cover or uh or logi isn't that what they're called now i'm gonna uh a third party keyboards for this stuff i don't know why they're not doing it um it seems very awkward that they're not but yeah who knows uh that that's how it goes uh luke says do you think microsoft do you think there'll be another microsoft surface hardware event later this year if so do you think it's likely there'll be a new surface hub one that's possibly a small or screen so do i think there will be a microsoft hardware event later this year um, yeah, I, I do. I think the, the Surface Book 2 is due for a refresh. I think that would be logical. Um, potentially a Surface Studio update. Uh, they could do just an internal gut refresh would make a lot of sense. And so then they typically use that same event to talk about what is going to come in the next update to Windows 10, whatever will be happening in the spring. Uh, although I'm not expecting too much because they're already behind with like timeline and a lot of other stuff, but anyways, that's tip, that's that's history, right? Last year they did the Surface Studio Surface Book 2, or Surface no, they just did Surface Book uh, Performance Base, I want to say and then they talked about uh, the original creators update and so I could see them doing that again typically happens in about October timeline and so there you go, I, I do think that they will have something in the second half of this year. Will they make a Surface Hub with a smaller screen? I don't think so 55 inch seems to be about the sweet spot get maybe 32 would be the smallest uh i i i don't know i haven't heard anything about a smaller screen surface hub i knew that i do know that they sell a ton of those 55 inch and and the 84 inches do sell as well uh peter k says i'm considering buying a new phone in the next six to eight months i use the pan a lot I use the pan a lot and I have my eyes open on the new Samsung note that's coming in the fall, but I was wondering uh, how much of the time will Microsoft take with Andromeda? Okay. Um, so here's the thing. You're talking six to eight months with Andromeda and Andromeda might be the wrong code name. I, I've heard varying mixed things about what the Andromeda name is actually referring to, but for now, let's just, ref- I know what you mean. Uh, I, I wouldn't hold your breath for a new Microsoft hardware device. Um, being mass market device. Uh, I don't know where you live in the world, considering how Microsoft typically launches this thing. If you're in the US, you might stand a chance of getting this. But I I know for a fact that Microsoft, when this thing launches, it's not going to be an iPhone like, okay, it's on every carrier, every place available. What I honestly expect is this new device that has LTE support that works with Verizon, AT&T, Sprint, and T-Mobile, Orange, all those other carriers in the UK. And you can bring your own SIM and get it to work that way. It's not going to be some... Uh, it's not going to be a Samsung Galaxy S8 type thing where it's everywhere at all the time at, at launch. If you need a new phone, get one when you need a new phone. That, that's the best thing I can tell you. You can play the waiting game as much as you want. You could be waiting for an iPhone 8 and then six months later, if you wait eight months, then you're ha- almost half, well, then you're a quarter of the way to the iPhone 9. And it's if you're waiting for the next best thing, you're always going to be waiting. And so when it comes to buying a phone, buy a phone when you need one. Not when you think the next one's going to launch. And I say that with the caveat of we know that Note 8 is going to launch soon and the iPhone is going to launch soon. Um, But if you need one today, the iPhone 7 is great. Uh, Although there isn't really a Note 7 (laughs) unless you get the fan edition. But I'm a big believer of you buy the technology when you need it, not when you continuously wait for the next big thing because you'll always be waiting. That's just kind of how it goes. So... (sighs) <sighs> yeah, what's the next question here? It comes from the Zenny. He says, After the switch to Android, I continued to use groove, music, groove with Music Pass. Besides various playback issues when streaming, I only recently discovered that music catalog on the Android app seems to differ from the one on the Windows 10 desktop or mobile. Some songs or albums can't be found, and even a few songs already in the playlist can't be played on an Android device. Do you know what happened here? Is uh, the actual reason, or is it just just another bug? So, yeah. <laughs> That so there's two things. Um, it could potentially be a licensing thing, which would be very weird. I'm guessing it's a bug. I, I you know, people report this all the time and I don't I, it's so hard to diagnose this like because if it works on the desktop, that means it's Microsoft bought the music, like they have that licensing. Um, I can't imagine that they would have some licenses that only work on a desktop and not on mobile. I've never experienced this on Spotify, which makes me think that that's, it's not a licensing issue, maybe more of a bug. Uh, I, I, I wish I could say, you know what, it's, this is the problem, but I, this is uh, one of those interesting ones. And then Usman asks, he says, was the Atom cut off due to Intel killing their mobile division and unable to support the chips, or could we see that happen in the future on the Core i-series processors? One thing I wouldn't want to see my Sandy Bridge i7 no longer support feature updates, even though it's still a very capable processor six years later. And this is exactly what I was talking about, saying that we're the Ivy or Ivy Trail, uh, the Clover Trail is just the first issue that we know of. There's going to be more, and it'll eventually happen. I don't quite know um, if this is related to Intel killing off that mobile division. I don't think so. I mean, it's it's possible, but. At the end of the day, this is just more of software and driver support rather than, say, the actual physical hardware, which is what I know that that's what they were Intel was gutting. But the Sandy Bridge is a perfect example of a chip that is well past its prime, completely capable, but potentially could get become obsolete because Microsoft releases something that that chip does not support, and Intel's not going to release a driver. So, yeah. Uh, I I don't know. This is this is the perfect question that we are open ended on and nobody has an answer right now except for Microsoft. And Microsoft may not even have an answer because it's very much feels like they are in the responsive mode for this type of thing rather than trying to be proactive. And so we will only find out as time goes on. But unfortunately, I do not have a uh, I do not have a great answer for you. Uh, Microsoft just announced this is very sequential, but if you're wondering about the Insider stuff, uh, Donna just said we will not be flighting an Insider build this morning. We will know more at 2pm Pacific Daylight Time, which is 5pm Pacific Daylight Time, which is right about when I shut down for the day because it is Friday after all. And we'll find out if a new build is coming, but you're not going to get one this morning or afternoon. And if you're in the European time zones, you're going to be waiting for quite a while. Although watch, I will bite my tongue on this, but I suspect if a new build comes out, it's not going to have any like massive, like, like, it's not like timelines going to show up or cloud clipboard is going to show up in this release. So anyways, uh, that's about all I got for today, guys. Um, I was going to have a tip of the week, but then <laughs> the source of the information fell apart. So it kind of fell off. Uh, tip of the week is just relax. You know, Microsoft is kind of vegging out right now. And they're gearing up for fiscal year 2018, which I think their favorite letters are, their favorite letters for 20 fiscal year 2018 are going to be E5. They got a lot of people on E3, and I know they're going to try to get them to move to E5. Expensive proposition. That's where the security stuff lies, but that's where the revenue growth is going to come from. So uh, as always, guys, hope you have a wonderful weekend. I'll catch you right back here on the Sam's Report next week, and we will see what kind of shenanigans Microsoft finds itself in then.